Welcome into a new Buff Stampede Radio. Adam Mostert, Tiger, the publisher of BuffStampede.com. Joined by Chase Howell today. I'm excited, Chase. We haven't talked enough recruiting on our podcast recently, so I wanted to bring you in. This is something that I know you're passionate about. Uh, first off, hopefully folks have been listening to you on the SCO Show. How, how has life been treating you these days? You know, been enjoying it. How can you not be happy with how good the Colorado Buffaloes football program is? We got basketball coming up. Life itself is great. Working at the Action Network, still doing CU stuff as well. Got season tickets to the, all the games, so I've been to every single home game. Took the trip out to Fort Worth for the TCU game as well. There's nothing to complain about. Everything's been great, really. You and Anilo Pyro every Thursday record a new SCO show on Mile High Sports Radio. It goes from noon to 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Four shows in the books, and uh, it sounds like many more planned for the future, huh? Oh, yeah. We're going to keep this a weekly thing every Thursday at noon. Uh, You can find us on many different platforms. The Twitter stream is usually easy to go to. Also, 98.1 FM, if you get that on your radio. Uh, 12 to 1 every Thursday, and we're going to keep it going. We'll be talking basketball and recruiting and other things, even in the offseason as well. When Coach Prime is around, there's never a dull moment. There's always something to talk about. So I think you'll have plenty of uh, things to talk about on that show going forward, even once the season ends. All right, let's jump into it. Colorado's latest commit comes from Amantre Bradford from Statesboro, Georgia. He's an edge prospect. What are your initial thoughts on him joining the commitment list? Yeah, my thought would be, holy body. That dude, that is a true SEC football body. I think six foot four, somewhere in the 250 range, close to 250. Um, But you just look at the pictures of him and it looks like it's pure muscle. Uh, He looks like a true SEC type of edge rusher. And I think that jumps out on the film too. You watch him and he's way bigger than everybody. He just takes offensive linemen and moves them right out of the way. Uh, he's impressive for sure, and there's a reason why he's being recruited by SEC programs, a lot of top programs as well. Maybe he doesn't have that high of a rating. He's actually, I think, the lowest-rated composite amongst CU's commits right now. Uh, but you turn on the film, and it, he's a lot better than what his rating is, I think. And Andrew Evans, who is director of scouting for 24-7 Sports, has hinted that he's been really impressed with the improvements that Bradford has made as a senior So. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him move up the rankings. In fact, I'd be surprised if he doesn't do this. And his recruiting was pretty high level. I mean, he took an official visit to Texas A&M just last weekend before deciding to commit to Colorado. His trip out to Boulder was for the home opener against Nebraska. So he got to see a, a pretty entertaining football game. It's interesting, Chase. You always have a recruit tell you their height and weight, and then they get on campus. And I shouldn't say always, but... Usually, maybe an inch shorter, you know, not as big as they, they're advertised. Especially receivers. Especially receivers. Yeah, especially certain positions. Uh, you're like, okay, that, that's not very accurate. But Bradford, I've actually heard, is maybe even more legit six uh, six five. So he might actually be listed less than, than what he really is. You're right. He is a man amongst boys. And a lot of those clips you see from him out there, very physical defender and has a lot of confidence and this was a comment that he made when he committed to Colorado to Steve Wilfong, the director of recruiting for 24-7 sports. He said, quote, I plan on being the first edge they put in the first round 
in a while, end quote. Of course, talking about being the first edge player that Colorado has sent to the NFL draft in the first round in quite a while. It's Tyler Brayton is the last one in 2003, and he was the 32nd selection. So he's setting high expectations, uh, and he's got a teammate and a cousin, Cameron Mikkel, who is a four-star prospect at the same high school in the 2024 class. Cameron visited CU that same weekend, so he's got the bus high on his list now. I know a lot of people's attention has now shifted focus over to Mikkel to, to see if he'll end up joining his cousin in Boulder. Yeah, it's always about looking towards the next. I guess that's the beauty of recruiting. But yeah, we're hoping good things in a couple of weeks. On that confidence part, I don't think you can play for Coach Prime if you don't have confidence. The message that he sends to them every single day, if you don't believe in yourself, there's no way that you're going to be able to play for Coach Prime. So that's obviously things that we want to hear from these recruits. Colorado's quarterback pledge, Danny O'Neill, has been showing off his dual threat abilities a lot this fall, Chase. He's averaged eight yards on 69 rushing attempts, and that's with lost sack yardage included, which it's always seems stupid to me that that doesn't come off a passing total uh, in, in high school or college like it does in the pros. But, you know, this is somebody that has continued to evolve his game. And uh, when they're giving those running lanes to him, he's been taking them this year. Eight of his 31 touchdowns so far this season have been on the ground, and he's coming off a three rushing touchdown performance. With Colorado's offense going forward, you want a quarterback that's going to be able to run. Right now, with Shadur Sanders, they only do it uh, sparingly because obviously they can't risk him to get hurt. But this is a, a good quality to have in, in a Sean Lewis offense going forward. Yeah, he looks like the ideal quarterback of what Sean Lewis is going to be looking for, uh, especially when we watch Sean Lewis's uh, offense back at Kent State. They always had a running type of quarterback that could also throw the ball really well, too. But uh, most of those Kent State quarterbacks, they could run. And obviously, we've seen a little bit of that from Shador. He'd rather not run. But um, definitely in the future with Sean Lewis, they're going to have some running quarterbacks. Dude has elite feet just watching him move around the pocket. He, <laughs> It's funny. I watched a couple games uh, from this season, and I don't think his offensive line is very good. He doesn't have much time to throw but you see him start to scramble and right when he scrambles he's very very dangerous I don't think even a lot of his rushing yards have been off of design runs and you mentioned the sack yardage there too but a lot of it comes from scrambling out of the pocket because his offensive line does not look pretty good on tape he won a state championship at Indianapolis Cathedral as a sophomore it's a shame that he got sick before he went out to the Elite 11 finals. He lost a bunch of weight and just was not feeling himself at that elite competition. And so had he been at 100%, maybe he was a guy that would have drawn more buzz at that. But he was really just trying to get through that event. He said that he wouldn't have missed it no matter what. I mean, he would have, he said, checked himself out of the hospital good to go to that competition if he had to, because that was something that he had watched growing up with his dad. And it was a, a goal of his all along to be an elite 11 final. So he finally gets it and then unfortunately gets sick, but he's regained that weight and looks good out there this season. He's completed over 62% of his passes every year as a varsity player at the high school level, even played five games on varsity as a freshman. Anything about his game uh, that you'd like to see him improve on or, or that stands out to you about him? Turning on the film and it, and it has to do a little bit with his offensive line, but there's not many 
intermediate short passes. A lot of it is if he does have time, he throws it downfield. Um, so I'd like to see him operate more in the quick game, but that's usually something that you get once you get to college, you start understanding an offense and how to get the ball out and what you're reading pre-snap. Um, so usually you can develop into that. I just didn't see much of it on film, but I, I think he can get there for sure. He's going to be an early enrollee in the spring. And because of NIL, we might get Shadur Sanders back in Boulder in 2024. But I mean, beyond that chase, we don't know the future quarterback it is, you know, are they going to get a 2025 guy that comes in and competes right away? Or is it going to be Danny O'Neill or does Ryan Staub or Kaysen Wiseman? I, I think it's a wide open competition when you look at quarterback in the, in the future in Boulder. You have to feel good about it either way, really. You got a good, obviously a good recruit coming in in Danny O'Neill, and then 2025 looks like it's going to be probably an elite quarterback. It looks like it could be maybe a top five quarterback in the nation. They're after two of them right now, so I feel pretty good there. And then you go to the transfer portal. What quarterback that is looking for a starting spot is not going to be interested in Colorado uh, once Shador Sanders leaves? I think it would be a perfect situation for any transfer portal quarterback. So you have to feel good about it. It's not something that I would be worrying about at all. Colorado currently has nine verbal commits in the 2024 class. Chase, who's your favorite out of the group? Ooh, it's tough. It's obviously there's a lot of good ones. There's not that many. So a lot of them are good. I think that's the whole theme of our podcast today. Um, I really like Aaron Butler, and I know he gave up on his senior season to try to enroll early at Colorado. Um, but watching him through the first few games at Calabasas, He's unstoppable. He's just an absolute weapon. They they couldn't tackle him. They couldn't catch him once he gets in the open field. Uh, he looked like he was – they were unable to defend him, period. Uh, and so he, he's like, hey, I've done enough at the high school level. I've proved that I can dominate at this level. Why does he need to play more games? Obviously, maybe if Calabasas was looking for a state championship, maybe you want him to stay there. But um, to be able to enroll early, we saw how much that has helped Dylan Edwards. Um, was able to contribute immediately. I think Aaron Butler is a guy that will be able to contribute immediately as well. That was definitely a big recruiting win for Colorado. It looked for a while there like he was going to be headed to Oregon. It's not often you see Greg Biggin submit a, a crystal ball prediction and, and have that go inaccurate because uh, he had thought that he was going to Oregon, changes his mind, goes to commits to Colorado. And yeah, I mean, they're recruiting him simply as an athlete. This is a guy that could end up at receiver or corner. Where where do you think he ends up? I think receiver. I think he's just so much a, of an offensive weapon that they're going to find ways to get the ball in his hands. Uh, I don't I don't know if he'll be an outside receiver or play more inside. Um, I think he's just more of an offensive weapon. Obviously, maybe, maybe they might play him both ways. You know, Coach Prime loves to do it, so I'm not going to rule that out. Um, but I think you have to play a guy like that on offense. You mentioned that Aaron Butler decided to shut things down in terms of playing his the rest of his senior season. He had over 600 yards through four games and was also playing defense as well before deciding to shut, to, to shut it down. And there was maybe some uh, misinterpretation of the situation. It's not that Aaron Butler wanted to give up on his teammates, but it's really important to him to be an early enrollee at Colorado, but he wasn't planning throughout his entire high school career to do that. So he had to really load up with a heavy academic load. He's taking eight classes right now, and it was just really challenging for him to stay on top of everything. I know it, that doesn't look great from the outside, but there's also 
it shows some maturity from him and understanding that he's not going to be able to get the coursework done to get to Colorado in time if he didn't, you know, dedicate himself in that way. So obviously not an ideal situation, but this is somebody that, you know, he's looking out for the best uh, for his, for his future. And and I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with that. I don't know about you, Adam, but I couldn't handle four or five classes in high school and, and play the sports at the mediocre level I did, but playing elite football and taking eight classes, there's no way I could do that. I think my favorite Colorado commit in the 2024 class is Brandon Davis Swain from Michigan. And his film has been so fun this fall. He's going to be a defense alignment for the Buffs. He's not the longest defense alignment, about 6'3", 265. But watching him play on offense has been a real treat this year. I mean, he's downfield pulling in catches. And uh, he's also catching shorter passes and bulldozing through people. He's been a real weapon there for for his high school in Michigan and uh, he's one of the more passionate recruits on this commit list just in terms of being a buff you know he's trying to recruit other guys from Michigan to join him out in Boulder this was somebody that Notre Dame Michigan USC were all after so there's not going to be a lot of plug and play freshmen especially when you consider that Colorado is going to get more talent from the portal but I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Davis Swain comes in and has a chance to, to play as a true freshman in Colorado. Yeah, and I, I think the position that he plays could definitely help that as well, depending on what happens at the end of the year. I, I get so confused on eligibility, but it looks like um, Taj and probably Derek McClendon, Taj Alston and Derek McClendon are probably going to be gone after this year. Um, and that's a position that I think Brandon Davis Swain could likely play at the next le- level. Maybe he adds 30 pounds and you can slide him more inside. Um, but yeah, I, I could see him playing early watching the tape. He dominates Michigan football. Um, and he already has the size he's well-built, um, to be able to play that type of position. So I could see it happening early for sure. There's some pretty good star power in this class. Who do you think is the most underrated Colorado commit for 2024 currently? Yeah, none, none of them are really underrated anymore, huh? Now, now that we're watching Colorado recruiting rise, it's hard to talk about an underrated recruit. Back in the day, we it used to be guys that didn't even have a rating we would sometimes talk about. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and go with Talon Chandler. He was the first commit of this class. He's obvious. I, I tend to like the guys that fully embrace it. Like, there's no commit on this list that hasn't embraced uh, the buffs. But Talon Chandler seems to be tweeting about the buffs all the time. Yeah. He's obviously very excited to be going to see you. Um, but you turn on the film and he he looks like he's going to be a really good center at the next level. It's pancake after pancake. He seems to have that athleticism to be able to play center. Um, I like his size. I like the way he's built. He seems to be able to move well in that size. He's played a lot of football uh, throughout his high school career. Um, I think he's going to be a, a guy that is going to be very exciting. He might have to sit behind Van Wells for a year or two. Um, but And, and obviously they have Zelinkis as well at, at the center position. But I could see him playing somewhere down the road. I think my most underrated commit is Montre Bradford, Colorado's latest commit. And we mentioned when, t- when talking about him that it'd be surprising if he doesn't move up the rankings. Right now, he's an 87 rating. I mean, his film screams 89 or 90 at least, uh, just based on how physical he is. And uh, the you said it best, I think, that you turn on that tape and that's an SEC-looking edge player right there. And so... Again, I, I think he deserves a bump as we go forward in this recruiting cycle. It's really going to be, Chase, quality over quantity because they're not 
going to sign 20 to 25 high school recruits. They might sign around 15 and then have those open spots to utilize with the portal. So the main thing when you're looking at Colorado's 2024 class is look at the average rating. And right now, if you look at Colorado's nine commits, they have an average rating of 89.19. And on the 24-7 sports composite, that's currently best of all 16 programs that are set to compete in the Big 12 beginning next year. So I know Coach Prime said at his press conference here recently that we're not into stars, but they've been able to attract you know a lot of star power through their high school recruiting. Texas Tech is right behind them right now in terms of that rating. UCF and Utah are both with an average rating in the 88s, but that's pretty impressive. You know, it's not going to be the, the termed number one recruiting class in the Big 12 again because they're not going to sign a lot of guys. But if you just look at average, I think they've got a great chance to, to end up with the top class in the Big 12. Yeah, you always want the recruiting class to be hyped up. And obviously, there was a lot of talk when Coach Prime was hired that they might have a top 10 recruiting class. That's just not possible when you're only signing 15 kids. Uh, and maybe the recruiting services, I don't know, you're closer to it than I am. Maybe they start going more towards an average rating to be able to uh, rank these recruiting classes properly. But yeah, average is obviously what matters. They're going to be looking for quality. Uh, Coach Prime has mentioned many times that they're going to get way more guys out of the transfer portal than they are recruits. And, and that's what he wants to do for the first couple of years. Maybe by year three or four, you start to see classes that go to 2025 and maybe they are top 10 in the nation. Um, but this one is obviously going to be loaded with some talent and there's going to be plenty of guys to be excited about here. One other recruiting note to throw out there is the fact that Winston Watkins Jr., who was actually the first commit for Colorado when Coach Prime took over, he actually announced his commitment to Colorado just hours before Coach Prime's intro presser at CU. He transferred out of IMG Academy to be closer to his family and a sick family member. So he's enrolled now at First Baptist Academy in Naples. And he's played two games there. He's already has uh, over 300 all-purpose yards with his new team. This is somebody that uh, was a, a five-star prospect when he committed to Colorado. He's he's a four-star right now. I'm anxious to see how he continues to develop. And, uh, you know, it's been good to see him have initial success. And sometimes these guys have legit reasons to want to transfer back close to home. And it's good that whatever high school association runs that football league and, and makes those decisions has allowed him to play because it would have been a, you know, a bummer for him to have to sit out. Yeah. Especially at a place like IMG Academy where you're away from your family, you're off on your own. These are still pretty young kids. He, he was there probably when he was 14, 15. Now he's what, 16, maybe pushing 17. Uh, you're still really young to be away from your family uh, for that long, even though it is still in Florida. Um, but IMG Academy can be a tough place to be. I, I've heard that in many different sports. So, yeah, it's obviously great. I was surprised that he was able to get on the field with his new school so quickly. But that's a great thing to see. And I think we're going to see him continue to put up some good numbers. It's pretty fun to follow along with Colorado recruiting these days. And it's going to be another crazy offseason. I'm sure most folks listening are already following you, Chase. But where are you at in social media? Uh, at Chase Howell, couple underscores on X, Twitter, whatever we call it these days. And um, yeah, follow our uh, SCO show. My yeah. Life Sports Twitter, if you want to go check it out. Um, you can always watch the replays on there. We also post all the clips on YouTube, uh, post the clips on Instagram as well. And I know you've been posting it on the Buff Stampede board, which is great. And hopefully uh, we would love to start taking some phone calls if we get some time. We'll have 
a bye week next week. We've been diving so deeply into the games that it's hard to take phone calls. But next week with the bye week, come join our show. Come talk to us. Come give all your thoughts on Colorado football, Colorado basketball, and everything else. I love coming on the SCO show. I think I'm going to be coming on tomorrow. So appreciate you guys for starting that up and, and giving CU folks out there another avenue in which to, to follow along with the team. I love last week you counted down your top five players on the team. That was a fun segment. So keep up the great work, Chase. And thanks for joining us on this podcast. Thanks for having me, Adam. Always a pleasure. Awesome. And thanks everybody out there for tuning in.